Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Feeling good isn't something we're taught, but it is something we can learn. The truth is, it's your birthright to feel good. And feeling good is not only the point of everything you desire and dream of, but it's also the path to get you there. And I'm going to show you how. This is The Feel Good Life, an unconventional guide to living the life of your dreams, with your host, Jennifer Blanchard. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Feel Good Life. I'm Jennifer Blanchard, and I'm super pumped to be here today. My guest today is... Um, someone that I've actually been following online since I think like 2011, 2012. And we actually went to the same health coaching school um, and met in person one time for like five minutes at one of the events. And um, I just absolutely love the way that she talks about what she does, the work that she does. And for me, I think today's topic is going to be something that's going to hit home for a lot of you guys, because um, if you're anything like me, where you are a go-getter, somebody who is a high achiever, who's constantly on the go doing things, um, especially if you own a business, like it's just very hard to balance everything and still have that feel good every day, right? Because we just get into these places where we feel like, well, I have to do everything or if I don't, you know, then the whole world's going to fall apart. So today's guest is an expert in burnout and in overcoming that and recovering from it. And I think that she's going to have a lot of amazing things to share with us. So without further ado, my guest today is Michelle Liotta. She has been featured on ABC, CBS, NPR, and in the movie Lemonade with her inspiring story of burnout recovery. Once working nonstop in the fast-paced world of big advertising, she suffered with debilitating anxiety, fainting spells, and IBS. As an integrative and functional health coach and host of She's Got Power podcast, Michelle has spent the past 10 years helping go-getter women heal from chronic stress and its accompanying symptoms. She has zero plans to cover up the hard-earned silver streaks in her curls, and you can learn more about her by going to she's got power.com. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Like I said, you know, I've been following you online for a long time, so it's fun to actually get to have a conversation, though. Absolutely. I remember when we met just briefly in person. It's <laughs> yeah, a it was like wild. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it's such a wild world. All this time can pass, and yet, you know, we're still connected. 
Yeah, exactly. So crazy. Okay. So I would love to just start off by having you tell people more about just your journey and dealing with um, getting where you are now as far as like overcoming the burnout and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's funny because I usually tell the story like, oh, this thing that happened to me once and then I recovered from. But to be honest, there's been several points in my life where I've burned out or hit sort of a bottom point and needed to recover. Um, I don't think that it's a one and done, especially when you are the type of person who is like a high achiever, go-getter, like you tend to get yourself into this situation over and over. So it's really good, really good to build the skills so that each time it happens, you can catch it a little bit earlier and do something about it faster. You know, the, the problem doesn't go so deep and take you out completely. But, um, the first and the, the my main, you know, biggest uh, point of burnout was when I was in my 20s. You know, as you mentioned, I was having these dizzy spells, fainting episodes. I mean, I was just a miserable, miserable person. I was sick. I was tired. And I was getting no answers from my doctors. So, like, I would go and say, please do my blood work. Like, tell me that I'm low in iron or tell me that I have mono. Like, I was just so tired. Like, I was dragging myself around. And it was always like, no, you're fine. Your blood work's fine. Everything's fine. You're good. Bye. And I'm like, oh, I'm not good. Like, please diagnose me with anything. Because then, you know, presumably they'd be able to fix it. There was just nothing. Um, until So one day I was in the doctor's office for yet another test. And they probably thought I was a total hypochondriac. And when there was nothing wrong with me again, I just burst into tears. I was just sobbing and losing my mind. And the nurse came over and she probably said this in like a, you're crazy kind of way, but I'm glad she said it anyway. She was like, um, have you considered talking to a therapist? And I was like, no, why would I do that? Like (laughs) I had no like thought in my head that like what was going on in my body could be related to something going on in like my mind or my, you know, my mental state or my emotional state. But I thought, well, I might as well because I've tried everything you guys can do. So, all right, let me go do that. And within like the first two sessions, the therapist looked at me and was like, oh, so have you tried anti-anxiety medication? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, it, it could be helpful. It's helpful for a lot of people. And I'm like, are you saying that I have anxiety? what like I first of all I had no idea that I was any more anxious than the next person because that's just how I lived my life and frankly how most people are living their lives especially when I was working in advertising I think the whole company was medicated for anxiety but it just opened my eyes to like oh okay Maybe there's something going on here and maybe there's something I can do about it. So I just looked at her and I'm like, well, don't people do yoga when they have anxiety? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you could try that. So I did. I didn't get any prescription. I was just like, well, let me do the things that one would do if they had anxiety and started to do yoga. And then through yoga, they end up talking to you a lot about like what food you're eating. So I got really into that and just started experimenting And within a couple of months, I was a brand new person. I didn't even recognize myself. I was happy. It felt like I wanted to do things in the world again. Uh, And all of that, like dragging myself around, went by the wayside. And I thought like, oh gosh, like I need to tell everybody about this. So if you're listening to this and you were my friend around 
2007. I'm so sorry. I was really annoying. <laughs> All I did was talk about <laughs> yoga and natural foods, but it made a huge difference. It really helped my body recover from the chronic stress that it had been under. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's actually funny that, not funny, but it's kind of funny that you were, anxiety was the thing that drove you to that. Because for me, it was the same thing. I had anxiety, the doctor wanted to give me pills. And I was like, I'm 26, I'm not taking pills. And I ended up signing up for health coaching school. I was like, there has to be another way. Like, there has to be something else that can be done. There must be. Yeah. Gosh, what could it be? What could it be? (laughs) They have no answers. Yeah, it was really uh, astounding that the very, very, very first suggestion would be medication when they're, I mean, really, when I work with my clients now, I mean, there is a litany of things that we do to lower the impact of stress on the body, to get the body out of fight or flight mode. Lists of things that you can do before medication needs to even be mentioned. Right, exactly. So, okay, for people who are not necessarily familiar with the term burnout or who maybe haven't, although I think there's probably not very many people who haven't experienced it, but maybe there are. So, for someone who maybe isn't completely clear on what that is, could you maybe explain a little bit about like what burnout is, what it looks like, like how someone might experience it in their life? Yeah, so. Without getting too nerdy, let's see here. There's a system in your body, kind of like your immune system, right? But it's your stress response system. So when you're like running late for an appointment, it kind of, you know, kicks in. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. You know, it helps you run a little faster. Or if there's a tiger chasing you, it would help you get away from the tiger. Um, when you're stressed out, you have to complete, like, let's say you have to complete this PowerPoint deck that's due tomorrow and hasn't gotten done. You know, somehow your body's just able to pull through when you need it. That's your stress response system. And when that happens over and over and over again, either because of a demanding job, Um, because of just lifestyle in general, often, very often because of trauma earlier in life, um, experiences as children, our body goes from like these short term, like, let me help you out with that. Let me help you out with that stress to actually becoming exhausted from doing so. It's like you go from your stress response, helping you to it working against you. And it actually tells your body, shut this thing down. Like, like she's been running at top speed. We've been trying to help her out for years and years and years. You know what? Just shut it down. So I see burnout as like the results of you being in fight or flight mode too long, too many times in a chronic way, um, usually over a period of time, so much so that your body's trying to help you out. We see it as like the enemy, like, oh, I'm tired and my body's so exhausted all the time. But really, your body's trying to help you. It's like, sister, you need to take a break. So we are going to like shut down. Sometimes it shuts down your thyroid. So just boom, boom, boom. It flicks all the switches until you are very tired and you, it forces you to slow down. And I think anywhere on that spectrum of like, I've been doing this too long and too hard and now my body is forcing me to, to close it down, that's burnout mode. That's where it's really like a physiological response in your body that's meant to protect you. Interestingly. Interesting. So there, there's a science to it besides just taking on way too much. Right. I mean, that's certainly how you get yourself there. You can get burned right. out from all kinds of different things. And, you know, we all know that feeling of just being like, I am so fried right now, but it's like a real thing that's happening in your body. And 
unfortunately, there's no thermometer for it. You know, it's not like a simple over-the-counter test, but there are signs and symptoms. Um, and I know for sure when I'm talking with someone like, okay, like we're there, you know, there's, there's reasons why you can't lose weight or there's reasons why you feel like you're walking around in a fog. Um, it's not, it's not just bad luck. Okay. So what would some of the symptoms be that someone could be looking out for if they're like, Hmm, I wonder if I'm experiencing this right now, like maybe some more common ones. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, there is an awful lot of them. But like I mentioned, weight gain, stubborn weight is very common, especially weight around your middle, because when your body is stressed out, it's like an ancient system. Like your body's idea of stress really is like being chased by a tiger or famine, right? And so um, what better thing to do than to pack fat, protective, wonderful, loving, protective fat all around your organs in your midsection. I mean, isn't that what you would want to do if you wanted to protect yourself? So that's what your body does. And then we just see it as like, oh, I have a spare tire around my middle and I hate it and I hate myself and I hate my body. And, you know, and actually your body's just really trying to help you. So that kind of weight is a classic symptom. Um, Brain fog, fatigue, and I don't mean like you know, you get tired at 10 p.m. I mean, like you're tired when you wake up in the morning. You're already tired today when you think about tomorrow, you know, like that kind of tired. Um, If you get sick very frequently, like every time there's a virus going around or or something like you're going to catch it, that's a sign that you're in that burnout mode and your immune system is compromised. Um, Gosh, there's so, I'm trying to think. Those are definitely the most common ones that my clients come to me with. And then one that a lot of women have and they don't know, although some know, is thyroid issues. So hypothyroidism. Some women know they have hypothyroidism. They're, they're taking Synthroid or Levothyroxine for that. But what they don't know is that 9.9 times out of 10, it's actually autoimmune in nature. And that is also fallout. Uh, commonly fall out from being burnt out, from being in a chronically stressed state. It actually um, can sort of be internalized. And that's how your body shuts you down, right? Because your thyroid controls the, the temperature of your body, right? So it turns, it's like the thermostat. So your body goes, we're going to turn this down and save energy. It's just like you going to your thermostat and turning it down in the winter to save energy. Hyperthyroidism, you start to feel cold. You're always cold. Um, anyway, so that's a, another classic symptom. Interesting. I'm always cold. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, a lot of women are. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm wearing a sweater right now, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously then these are symptoms that a lot of us can recognize for ourselves. I, I was listening to that thinking like, yeah, mm-hmm, definitely experienced some of that and a little bit of that. So if we're starting to recognize this in ourselves, what are some steps or maybe what is the first step that we can take to move in the direction of starting to recover from this? Well, what I like to talk about is like, of course, if you could like quit your job and find a different husband or whatever it is that you need to do so that you're like <laughs> not so stressed out every day. And I mean, believe me, I've done both of those things. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not like the first step most people can take, right? And also that's scary. And that takes a long time sometimes to make big sweeping changes in our lives. So I figure, all right, we're already eating three times a day. So whether you eat this or you eat that, you know, it's the same amount of time. 
if you can relieve some of the stress on your body simply through the food that you're eating, like why don't we do that, right? Why don't we do that first? And you can get some really big wins by just changing what you're eating and how you're eating. So it's, you know, and this is not like rocket science, but the more sugar that you're consuming, the more processed food that you're consuming, you know, these things are inflammatory to the body, the more alcohol that you're consuming. Um, And if your body's in a a state of being uh, inflamed, guess what? Like that's another source of stress. Or if you are sensitive to a certain food that you're eating, that's also a stressor on the body. Like there's so many stressors on your symptom that you don't think about as like, stress. You know, we think like stress is like, oh, I have this bill that's due or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but the simple fact of what you're eating can be putting stress on your system. So we want to get rid of that. Cause that's like, that's like the low hanging fruit. Like, like why, yeah. why would you like add stress to your system? Drinking coffee. I mean, that's like literally drinking stress and no one likes to hear this, right? But I'm not saying you have to give up coffee forever and it's the devil. I'm just saying that if you're drinking like five cups of coffee a day, you are adding to that chronic stress response. So if we can change some of the things that are going inside our body, that goes a really long way. And then from there, we can start working on our environment and our relationships and our relationship with ourselves and some of the external factors. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good idea, too, of, like, the low-hanging fruit of if you just start changing what you're eating or if you just change how you move your body, like, suddenly this one little thing can actually not only create momentum for other areas, but then just kind of gives you some kind of relief, like, right away. Oh, and that's another one. I forgot to mention that, moving your body. So movement is so important because that is how your body completes the stress cycle. So even animals in nature, if you watch like zebras getting chased or whatever, like after a stressful situation is over, you'll see them shake, like actually like shake their bodies. It's really interesting. Um, and, you know, even if you're, um, you're in a, a bad situation, you're going to be attacked, like you run, like there's always like some sort of movement that accompanies the stress response cycle. But now that our stressors are more based like in our computer at our desk, like you could be going through all this stress and actually not moving at all. And then you get up and you sit in your car and you drive home and sit on your couch. So movement is super important for actually allowing your body to release stress, which is, it gets stored in your body otherwise. So, and this sounds really kooky. There's an amazing book. Oh, what is it called? It's called your body, uh, the body keeps the score. The Body Keeps the Score. It is an amazing book. So if, if anyone listening is like, Michelle is full of it right now, read this book and you will understand how this works, how important it is to move your body to actually release stress. Huge. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And for me, like even the smallest thing, like walking the dog around the block, like can change like your energetic state and the way you feel. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I've actually heard, and I don't know if this is true, so I wanted to ask you, and maybe you don't know, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, I've heard that there are certain types of exercise that actually increase stress in the body sometimes. Is that true, or is that based on, like, who you are as a person, like your chemical makeup or, like, that kind of thing? Oh, no, definitely. I mean, that's what, uh, like, say weight training, right? When you're lifting weights, like, what are you doing? You are like purposely putting stress. This is how your muscles grow. You put stress on them and then they get stronger. 
right? Or even like when you're doing stuff like your bones, like for good bone health, like you actually want to put stress against the bone because then that causes the bone cells to multiply and create stronger bones. So it's like a good thing, you know, but that, but that is sort of the basis for exercise. I'm going to stress out my system so that it gets stronger. I'm going, if I, you know, if I run this far and I get really out of breath, I'm stressing out like the capacity for me to breathe, uh, you know, while I'm, I'm running. So I'm training for this marathon, but then tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit better at this. And t- the next day I'll be a little bit better at this. So yes, exercise is a stress on the body. So you want to be really careful with exercise. I have clients come to me that say, of course, because they are high achieving women who are going to get the job done. And they're not afraid of hard work. And they're like, oh yeah, I do like a hit boot camp every morning. Or, you know, <laughs> um, you, know you guys probably know this, but hit being high intensity interval training at like all this high intensity stuff, CrossFit, um, all the really high intense exercises. Yes. Running. Um, that, that actually can backfire on you if you're trying to lose weight, for example, because what you're doing is you're putting your body in a state of stress. It's reacting. And then it's reacting like I described earlier by wanting to slow you down, by wanting to keep fat around your middle, etc. So for a lot of women, it is helpful to actually lay off the high intensity workouts and go for a walk go for a swim, go for maybe a jog, but so not like all out, like I'm going to get to 90% of my heart rate kind of training. I'm going to keep a more minimal approach to the exercise will actually work better. And just by moving in any of these forms, dancing, all like low impact activities, you're able to release the stress from your body like we were just talking about um, and put yourself in a state where you're not putting fuel on the fire. Yeah, actually, I really like that because I think sometimes we get so caught up in our minds of like, it only counts as exercise if I'm like, working really, really hard and sweating like a ton. And, and it's like, sometimes we also think like, those are the only things that are going to work, right? It's like fast paced, high intensity stuff. And so then we don't even think like, oh, doing yoga might actually help me more. Or like walking my dog twice a day instead of once a day might actually help me more than like running because it's less stressful. Right, exactly. And it's not that you can't lift weights, but maybe you are lifting them more slowly and mindfully and breathing. And, you know, that's different than like panting and sweating. And, you know, it's just like, you know, the feeling is different in your body. Um, You just want to keep things on even keel when you're trying to heal from a burnt out state. And if someone, let's say they just really love like hardcore weightlifting or running or something, would you just recommend like they balance that with something that's less impact, like a yoga class every other day or like something like that? Yeah. I mean, I'd recommend that anyway, but yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you could, maybe it's uh, cutting back on that and doing something very restorative on the off days or doing it, but for shorter periods of time, less intensity. Um, I don't think you have to push yourself over the edge constantly in order to feel good, but I think... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think that we think we do, and we do it with exercise, and we do it with our jobs, and we do it with when we volunteer for the whatever we're volunteering for. Like, if I'm not to the nth degree, I'm not good enough, and therein lies the root of the problem. So it's more of a mindset thing than in that case. It's like we sort of have these stories of like certain things we think we have to do or like things that we think are required of us. And then we sort of just do that stuff, not realizing that we're actually causing harm to ourselves. Yeah. And it's typically, you know, we form these sort of identities and these stories, like I said, um, when we're younger, you know, and they're coping mechanisms. Like if we don't, if we're not getting, uh, any good attention at home, unless we excel in something, well, we're going to learn that we have to excel if we want any attention from our parent figures. Or, you know, if uh, there's a lot of fighting and distress in the home, and uh, we have to always be like careful and people pleasing and taking care of everything. And, oh, let me get that for you. Let me do this. And let me do it better. Let me, let me take care of everything so that nobody gets upset. Right. That's like telling our nervous system, like, okay, this is how you're safe in the world. You're safe in the world. If you kind of overachieve and overextend yourself and take care of everything and everyone and put yourself last, you know, that's how you are going to exist in the world. And we just carry that right on into adulthood. And we, yeah, there's a saying of like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and there's a reason that every time I work with the client, I feel like I know her story, not the details, you know, but I I really know her story before she even tells me. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people have a similar experience in that way. Very much. Very normal. Yeah. Which is good too, because I think sometimes we think we're alone and like, you know, the world is on our shoulders and then we realize, oh, and every other woman feels the exact same way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I'll have women who are like, I just can't believe like what you're talking about. Like I have experienced all of that. And I'm like, I know sister, like I know. And you're not, they're like, no one ever, my like, doctors say I'm fine and no one understands. And it's, um, it's been a real revelation to me over the years that there can be this whole subsection of the stuff going on with women that like no one's talking about, but it's causing so many problems in their lives and their health. And even just like, if you look at rates of autoimmunity in the world, or, you know, certainly in this country, it's way, 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 way higher for women than for men. And I've got like a whole feminist rant. I can go on about that. (laughs) You tell me where you want to go next. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you could, you could definitely continue on that because that's, that's a, it's good stuff to hear. Well, well, this, you know, when I was studying with, and I don't know if you know, um, Aviva Ram, Dr. Aviva Ram. Mm -mm, No. She's um, a functional medicine doctor. She's also um, an herbalist and she originally was a a home birth midwife. So I love her because she's like kind of crunchy, but also like a Yale trained MD. And um, so studying with her is a real treat. And I thought she really encapsulated it well. And she described like this phenomenon with women, like why women, why are women so much more stressed out than men? And it's like this idea that you have to bring home the bacon and then fry it in the pan. You know, like we're expected to have the career and succeed in that, but also like run the household, take care of, you know, typically it's women doing most of the work around the house. Um, 
obviously having children, if there are children, caring for the children. It's just we're pulled, we know this, we're pulled in way too many directions. I'm, I'm speaking these words to you right now, like as my children are upstairs causing havoc in my house because they're, they can't go to camp this summer and so they're, you know, with me. So they're working and care, caretaking for the kids and just doing everything at once. Um, that burden falls to women disproportionately, you know, compared to men. And, um, and then we consider things like violence against women and, you know, a, a, abuse and all sorts of things that women experience disproportionately compared to men. And all of these things fuel the fire inside of us, which is inflammation, which turns into basically like an inner battle. And it is autoimmunity is your body attacking itself because who else are we going to attack? You know, we're, how else do we process all of this, this, our state in the world, our place in the world? How do we process it? Well, it's really difficult and to wrap your head around, especially when you're young and we internalize it and then our body attacks itself. So I think there's like an enormous amount of like, this is a women's issue when we talk about autoimmunity and it pisses me off. I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you on that one. Like just seeing how many cases I think pop up all the time for people just like people saying like, well, I have psoriasis, I have this. And I'm always just like autoimmune, autoimmune, like even just other things besides that. And it's just like, I just feel like I'm meeting more and more people every day who have things that I know are autoimmune. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's never addressed. Like if you have psoriasis or whatever it is, you know, you think about it as like, Oh, you need a cream for your skin or, you know, Oh, you have Hashimoto's. Yeah. Well, you have to take supplemental thyroid hormone. I mean, you can do all kinds of things like at the surface level, but like, if you want to get into it, like there's also a reason why once you have one autoimmune disease, you are more likely to develop others because they all come from the same root cause. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, if somebody is like, okay, I am recognizing myself in all of this. I am ready to start making more changes. But the problem is I don't have time or I can't do this or I have all these other things, obviously, that are going on. How does someone make themselves a priority going forward when they feel like there's just so much going on? How can they do <laughs> that? Well, no. <laughs> I don't know if you like this answer. I don't know if your (laughs) listeners are going to like this answer, but either you pick the day or your body's going to pick it for you. Because I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to, clients, but also um, women I've I've interviewed on my podcast um, about, you know, their stories, like the one I was telling you about myself, about how I was actually, you know, fainting. Like I would find myself passed out on the subway again. And uh, there's so many women who have this experience that tell me like, well, then I found myself flat on my back on the floor and I couldn't move. Or then I found myself, you know, my eyes blacking out, I couldn't see and I woke up in the hospital. And this is kind of what happens. Like you'll push yourself, like I'm just talking to like the individual who represents like (laughs) this type of woman, you will push yourself and then you'll push yourself some more and then you will keep doing that until your body picks the day where you won't do it anymore. And it's really hard to convince someone before that day happens. So I, that's why I encourage everyone to look at the signs, look at the symptoms, like the ones I mentioned earlier. Actually, I have a list available on my website. Um, and then you can at least see like, okay, I'm headed there. Like I'm headed there and make that decision for yourself. Do I want to pick the day? Do I want to let my body pick the day? 
Yeah, like take back control, basically. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, like these women like us are women who like to be in control, first of all. So when you think (laughs) about the fact that your body is going to just like shut it down on you and you won't have any say in the matter, does that kind of make you want to take back control today? Yeah, kind of does. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, because I don't even like other people's like telling me I need to do something at a certain time. So I'm like, you know, I don't want my body doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is most sadly, again, feminist issue, but sadly, most women will come to me because of their weight. Right. And okay, that's fine. Wait, um, whatever gets you in the door, you know, whatever gets you starting to take care of yourself, that's fine. But let me tell you something, we do not lose weight by counting calories. Like, that's not it. So if you're you're wondering why the weight loss isn't working with all the calorie counting, like, this is why. and, uh, and yeah, but in any case, if, if however, however you need to get started, you know, get started, but it's really like a ground up operation, like changing the way that like we think about our bodies, the way we think about our weight, the way we think about our place in the world. Perfect. So you just sort of have to decide that this is what you're going to do now, that you are going to take care of yourself, that you're going to change the way you eat or change the way you live so that you aren't stress all the time that your body isn't constantly in a stressful state it's like a decision and it's a decision basically. like you'll you have to learn to make every day like mm. for example um during this pandemic i have been uh exercising every morning on my deck and my boys are usually complaining <laughs> and getting in my way. And like over time, because usually I would do that once they went to school. Um, So I could say, well, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's too hard. I can't. And a lot of women say that about feeding themselves. Well, I can't because the kids or because my husband or because whatever. But like the way I think about it is like, no, 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 no. Like my needs are going to come first. You can deal. (laughs) And then I will get to you when I get to you, like I have to do this in the order of, and like a priority and I am the priority. Cause if I am burnt out, if I'm flat on the floor, none of y'all are getting taken care of. So yeah, <laughs> every exactly. morning I'm going to be doing my exercise. Then I'm going to take a shower and now my kids know, and they don't interrupt me during that whole ordeal. They give me my space. You know, they kind of had to learn like, this is mom's time. This is our new like way of living together 24 <laughs> seven. Um, but that's like the most, you'll have to continue to make those decisions for yourself every day in like a hundred different ways, but that's a practice to like, how do I prioritize myself at work, at home, with family, with friends, et cetera. And I like how you got your kids on board too. Like basically like you have to leave me alone so that I can do this because if I don't do this, like I'm not going to take care of you. It's like, sometimes you've got to have buy-in from the people around you, the closest to you, because without that, it makes it even harder. Oh yeah. You don't want to see me the other way. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So I think sometimes people get really like, they want to make a change. They want to start eating better. They want to take better care of themselves, but they fear that they're going to have to give up all the things they really, really love, all the foods they really love, all the stuff that's just so yummy that they just couldn't imagine living their whole life and never eating that again. What I really like about how you talk about food is that you never tell people, don't eat Cheetos. 
you literally are like, you don't say that. You're just like, hey, is that the highest choice you can make right now? Like sometimes you just want Cheetos and that's okay. But like, you know, obviously there are other options too. And I think like, I would love to hear you kind of riff on that because I think this is something that a lot of people worry about when it comes to making changes with their food and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, I think if it's a top-down approach, kind of like, again, the counting calories approach or the eat this, don't eat that approach, it's really short-lived and, uh, you know, it just, it doesn't last and we all know it. And then we just feel bad about ourselves. And what is that? Uh, Shame, stress, you know, we're just feeding into the same problem. So it's stupid. Instead, um, I would invite you and, you know, everyone listening to just eat the Cheetos. But then also, in addition to that, ask yourself, what do I really need right now? Or what am I really craving right now? And then it's like, well, I'm really craving the Cheetos or I'm chocolate cake or wine or whatever it is. And again, have those things, have all of them, whatever, eat the whole cake. I don't care. <laughs> but you know, like, cause that's not it. But the point is like, I want you to like satisfy, you need to satisfy your needs that, and your body's trying, like it's trying to tell you that you desperately need to relax or that you're tired and you need to sleep or whatever. Um, but we just kind of turn it into a food craving in our head. Oh, if I can just snack on this bag of chips, like I'll be okay. Um, it's just, it's a cheap fix and you're better than that. So like, go ahead and eat it because who cares? But then really like inquire within yourself. Sometimes you have to ask like five, 10, 20 times. Yes, but what do I really need right now? Until you kind of get that divine wisdom from your body. And then you can fulfill the actual need in addition to eating and drinking whatever the hell you want because you are a grown woman. Yeah, exactly. I I love that. I love that. And also think like, Sometimes if I know, like, I really want to eat something, like, quote, unquote, bad or whatever, like Cheetos or, like, something like that, I'm always like, okay, how can I also eat something good for me when I do this? Like, can I have a salad and Cheetos on the side? Can I have, like, you know, the burger, but, like, add a bunch of veggies to it? Like, things like that. So it's literally, like, I'm doing something healthy along with whatever other thing I feel like I want to eat. Whatever you feel like doing. You know what I mean? Like, the only... I think I don't want you to do is feel like you are making up for it, like that you have to make, uh, yeah, they have to make up for it, make an excuse for yourself. Well, I did this bad thing, but then I did this good thing. Like, am I okay? Am I enough? Mm. Like, yeah. Like, and you were, you were anyway, you know, <laughs> like you yeah. were anyway. It's so hard to drop that story of like, I'm not good or I'm not enough or I can make up for it, or I can do better. Like, uh, screw it. Screw all of it. Eat all the chocolate cakes. Like, whatever, until you get down to, like, the thing that's really bugging you, nothing will change. Right. You're just going to keep eating that stuff and not getting to the core reason that you keep craving it or keep doing it. Yeah. And in terms of, like, giving up things that you like, um, here are things that I've given up. I've given up brain fog. I've given up um, depression, given up racing thoughts, you know? So like when I think about how I want to feel, like I want to choose to feel good first and foremost. And so if I'm faced with a decision, like, am I going to work out today? Or, you know, what am I going to eat today? Like what's going to make me feel the way I want to feel? 
like literally, and especially earlier on in my journey, my system was still pretty um, sensitive. It was like, if I eat this, my blood sugar is going to crash and I'm going to need to take a nap. Well, I can't do that because I have a very big day, uh, big day planned and or an important thing I have to do today. So I better choose to eat the thing that's going to make me feel good for the day I have ahead of me. It kind of started like on this very one-to-one scale, like what I eat right now is going to affect me in a couple hours. But even in the larger picture of our lives, like how do I want to feel? Part of that means like I am going to eat like the chocolate cake because I want to also feel like I had delicious chocolate cake. But mostly I'm going to make other choices because I want to feel strong and I want to feel clear and I want to have the energy to be a single mom to my two boys and do it well. So ultimately, like when you when you really think about it, you don't love any croissant as much as you love feeling strong and powerful in your life. Exactly. Yeah. And it's always like, you get to have that too. Like you get to have the croissant if you want it. And you also get to feel powerful and, you know, feel good. Like there's a balance, there's a way to do it and have both. Oh, certainly. I ate a whole bunch of cookies this week. I mean, you know, that's, it's not, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I had a handful of Cheetos before this call. That's why I was saying Cheetos. Ah, It was the first thing on my mind. (laughs) I was like, I don't think I ate lunch. I need to just grab something. Not a good thing to do, but on some days that does happen. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I love the idea of looking at how you want to feel. Because obviously that's what this show is all about. This show is all about creating a feel-good life, creating a feel-good everything. You know, because I believe that we don't have to do things that don't feel good to us. That's just my belief. That's what I stand for. And I think that like, that's, you know, that's what you're saying here is that we get to do things that we enjoy and that feel good to us. And we get to make choices based on how we want to feel and the choices that would be in alignment with that feeling. Yeah, you gotta, sometimes it's hard to even think that way or even, even like consider how do I feel? How do I feel right now? You know, how many years went by that my stomach was like, in pain. I'd even be like doubled over, having trouble like even walking. Like my, I had so much pain in my abdomen, but I really just didn't think about it. It was like, I just thought that was normal because it was right. so common for me. Yeah. How, how do I feel? A, how do I want to feel? Ooh, big questions. Yeah. So if someone isn't used to asking questions like this, how would you like recommend a get themselves like prompted or like get themselves to a place where they remember like, Oh, I need to think about this until it sort of becomes a habit. That's an interesting question. I mean, I think it helps to get outside yourself. So like on my own, I don't think I ever would have noticed what parts of my body were tight. I never would have noticed my digestion even um, until I started doing yoga. Right. Like, cause then I'm being someone outside of me is asking me to do something and I'm like, oh, yikes, like, you know, like, <laughs> put me out of my comfort zone. It was very telling. Oh boy, like I'm really tight here. Oh, when I twist like that, it hurts. Or um, that was really useful. Um, working with anyone. I mean, even that first therapist that I went to who said to me, you know, have you thought about anti-anxiety medication? I mean, as dumb as I think that statement was on so many levels, I want to kiss that woman on the mouth because thank you for like see, helping me see myself. Right? So I really think 
you need something outside of you, different pair of eyes or something. Um, somebody who can look at you and go, what do you mean that you're bloated after every meal? Like, for you, and then you'll go, oh yeah, that is kind of odd. Right? But you'll rarely have that conversation with yourself. Yeah, because that's something like you just think it's normal because you just experience it. You always do. And so you don't realize like, oh, wait, that's not actually how everybody feels? Really? Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you how many of my clients will just in passing mention something along those lines. And I'm like, whoa, can we back up to that part where you said that you wake up every day with a pit in your stomach? <laughs> Talk more about that. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and to them, it's just like part of life and to have someone pointed out to you is so very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. All right. Well, we are already at the end of this episode. So I would love for you to just tell everybody a little more about where they can find you online and where they can connect with you. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, I do have a list. It's actually a quiz that you can take like a Cosmo quiz kind of quiz um, to see if your symptoms are the result of sort of normal everyday stress or are you in this more seriously burnt out mode? And you can get that for free at she'sgotpower.com slash free. So that's available for you there as a resource. Um, and you could follow me on Instagram at she's got power. That would be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Michelle. This has been such a good conversation. And I think you've given people a lot of stuff to use and to walk away from this and really start implementing in their own lives. Oh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this week's episode of The Feel Good Life. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern for the new episode. And until next time, remember, feeling good is the point and the path. Thank you so much for listening to The Feel Good Life, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern on W4WN Radio. To listen live, download the W4WN Radio app or go to W4WN.com and click on Listen Live. This show is also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. For sponsorship opportunities and to find out more about Jennifer Blanchard, her books, workshops, and coaching services, be sure to go to jenniferblanchard.net.